Today, we are going to look at the theme of light. John the Apostle writes his gospel and he opens it up with a Christmas story that is very different from the other three gospels. And to get inside of John's telling of the Christmas story, we need, first of all, to sketch the problem in a different way, to sketch the challenge of the world's deep need in a way that John presents to us so that we can see the gift that Christmas truly is. So John invites us to think about a world very different from the one that we wake up to every morning, a world in which the sun shines and we live in the joy of the power of light. John invites us to think about an alternate world, if you will, another plane, another realm in which darkness is more powerful than light. Imagine an experience which goes from midnight to twilight, back to midnight to dusk, back to midnight. There's never a sunrise. There's never a high noon. There's only, only a, a, a little hint of light and everything is lived in the shadows. Now this world that John is painting, it's not just imaginary in the sense that it doesn't exist anywhere. It doesn't exist on the plane where we wake up and our physical bodies live through the joys of life, but it is absolutely the world in John's construction of our spiritual and social and civic and ecological responsibilities, choices, and ways of living. John is describing for us a world where darkness reigns supreme and something needs to change. And this, in his construct, is the world of our inner selves, where we don't really know ourselves. There isn't light that illumines the innermost parts of ourselves. We know this to be true. We, we know how blind we can be to ourselves and how we learn and discover along life's way but there's so much that's uncertain. And then think about knowing other people, why we hardly know each other at all. And then take it out to the civic level, the choices that we make for society, for the life and experience that we share. My goodness, when those choices are made, how it is as if we are living in a twilight of thin learnings and so many misunderstandings. What about humans' engagement with the world that we are called to care for, our ecological choices made with so little knowledge? John says that if you imagine the world of real life, real true life where it matters, not just the physical plane where we awaken to the sunshine of each morning, but the inner life of each person, our spiritual, social, civic, and ecological commitments, that world is a world where darkness seems stronger than light. It's a world where there's never a high noon and where when a candle is struck, it seems like, it seems like something blows it out immediately. When, when, when fire burns, it doesn't glow. And if ever a star appears, it's blanketed out with clouds. This is the image of a world that John wants to speak to. And what is Christmas? If that's the problem, how does John portray Christmas for us? He says, well, there's very good news, people. 
coming into that world where darkness seems to prevail, there is the promise of light. The word which was there at the beginning is, is life and is the true light of humankind. And this light is coming into the world and the dark cannot overturn it. This true light, which is the light of every person, is coming into the world. This is the thing that excites John, and this is the way that John asks us to think about Christmas and to think about Advent. To think about the light of God coming into the darkest parts of our world. Now, you may think, is that pessimistic of John? To think of, you know, our, our inner selves and all the aspects of real true living as such a darkness? I don't think it's pessimistic. I think it's realistic. And as you reflect on the world in which we live, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had more light in all of those circles? Wouldn't it be wonderful if you had a flood of light in your soul to understand yourself and see yourself more truly and more deeply, the wonder of who you are in Christ, the brokenness and how it can be forgiven, and for all of that to just light up such that your soul could say, oh my goodness, I see, I understand. Imagine if the same kind of light could be shed in your social circles. Imagine if communities of people everywhere lit up with a, an incredible sense of understanding. Imagine if you could suddenly see the face of a friend and see beyond their face to see their soul. What a world that would be. What a world we would have if families could see each other more deeply and profoundly and community clusters truly understood one another. And something of, of an eternal and, and godly light were to shine in those places where civic decisions are made, where, where, where societies make the rules and governments make decisions and people's lives are caught up in so much. I mean, when you look at that part of our world today, you can see the darkness that John is concerned about. And here's Christmas for John. Here's the promise. Here's what Advent is all about. A light has come into our world that can shine in those places and is now shining and it will make enormous difference. It will affect everything from the decisions we make about the world in which we live, the governments that we, that we build together, the communities that we form, and the people that we are. The true light that gives light to every person is coming into the world. This changes everything. And so, as John presents to us this image of Christmas, what are we meant to do with this? How do we take his words of promise, his vision of this world changed by the light of God and respond to it? Well, the first thing is we need to want it. We need to hear John's presentation of the Christmas miracle. Jesus come into the world, born in a manger, and lights up so much that is dark in this world, and we need to want it. And here's the reality, and these are Jesus' words, most people don't actually want it. Listen to what he says. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But people love darkness instead of light because their deeds are evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light 
so that it may be plainly seen that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. The fact of the matter is, many people, many of us, are in various ways invested in the darkness, or invested in the shadows. Jesus says that the, the verdict is that the, the light has come into the world, but people have formed habits and ways of living that they, they like the shadows. Now, there's nothing quite like the brightness and beauty of the sun rising in the morning. There's nothing quite like the, the bright part of the day to be about your work in the field. When, when there's good light, you can get things done. And that's the joy of living, unless, of course, you are invested in the shadows. Unless, of course, in the darkness of the dusk and the hiddenness of the evening, if that's where greed flourishes, and where you make your profits, and where you've become very comfortable. And this is the problem in the world that Jesus is pointing to. It is the problem that he has come to address. The verdict is, this light has come into the world. But the truth is, it's easy to be comfortable in the shadow places. So you and I need to want what Jesus offers. We need to want justice and mercy, to hunger and thirst after it. We need to want this new world that Jesus promises. And that's what John is writing his letter and preaching his sermons and stirring our hearts to call us into. The Bible calls it repentance. We need to step out of the shadows and walk in the light. We need to want this so much that we will begin to reflect deeply on how broken, how broken our world really is. And we won't reflect in that way with a lostness and a hope and hopelessness. We'll, we'll do that so that we, we find courage to step out of the shadows and to walk in the light with Jesus. That is what we are called to. Do you want it? Do you want a better family life? Do you want a, a healed creation? Do you long for governments that love the people and choices in civic spaces that serve the well-being and the health of communities? And do you want it enough to step out of the shadows and to begin walking in the light with Jesus? This is what it is to be an Advent person. It's what it is to be a follower of Jesus and a Christian. And as we begin to reflect on this vision that Jesus has for us, it stirs up a great thirst in us. And then we're given the great privilege, the, the opportunity, to walk in the light with Jesus. But you can't have it both ways. You can't, you can't say, my social life doesn't really connect with this. I'd like to have Jesus in my heart. That would be great. That would, that would fill me up. I'll, you know, I'll enjoy that. But there's a bunch of people I've grown comfortable not liking. And there's some others here that I'm really comfortable being with. Let's just leave all that as it is. Listen to what Jesus says, uh, what John says in, in, in one of his letters, echoing the teaching of Jesus. He says, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brothers and sisters is still in the darkness. Couldn't be any clearer. If you want to walk in the light, it will shift your patterns personally, socially, in the civic space and in the ecological space because it is all of these relationships that are real life. And this is where the light of Jesus, the light of Christmas, the light of Advent is shining. 
and it wakens us up to new possibilities. You can't, you can't be half in and half out. You've got to want, you've got to want this new world that Jesus is inviting us to. And he will stir that conviction up within you. He will seed that dream and awaken new hopes and possibilities. Dream with Jesus. Dream with Jesus who taught us to pray. Our Father who is in heaven, your name is holy. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your will be done in individual lives and, and in family settings. May your will be done in governments. May your will be done as we make choices about our world and how to care for it. He prayed that prayer because he wants it and he wants us to want it. And now he wants to light up the possibilities. So you and I need to want it enough to step out of the shadows and to walk in the light with Jesus. Hear Jesus' promise. You know, in the Gospel of John, the word light is mentioned 16 times, and it's always in the context of Jesus talking about this same theme. John says, let me give you a different picture to think about Christmas. It's light coming into the most broken, dark parts of our world. It's the true light, not just the sunshine. It's the true spiritual light that lights up every person. So here's what Jesus says. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We're talking here about real life. And Jesus says, I know how to light up the interior spaces of your world. Think about your intellect. Think about your emotions. Jesus says, I know how to give you light so that your knowledge is clearer and you make better choices. I know how to give you light so that your emotions shift. And peace is your commonplace experience. And joy bubbles up even when the circumstances around you are miserable and evil. Still, you're walking in a different way because for you, you've had a sunrise. For you, it's high noon in your soul. Keep dreaming with Jesus. Jesus says, as you walk with me in the light, it's not just in your soul that these things happen. It's in every social relationship. It's in the civic relationships and government decisions. Am I talking about something that only happens inside believers and that's where it stays? No, I, I think I'm talking about something that spills out into the world. When an individual person says, I want that. I want it enough to step out of the shadows. I'm going to walk with Jesus in the light I'm going to sit in quiet and let his wisdom fill me. I'm going to make choices illuminated by his wisdom. I'm going to shine in this wider world. It affects everybody around us. It is a gift to others. And things can shift and move and change in incredible ways. Do you want it? This is, this is how John frames up Christmas. And this is the gift of Advent, this gift of light. A light that illumines the darkest, most difficult, most convoluted and, and, and troublesome aspects of the human journey. This is, this is about real life. And we're invited to step out of the shadows and to walk in the light with Jesus in this experience. Let me finish with a story. There's a church in Leipzig. One of our members visited there a few years ago. And uh, they picked up this pamphlet and brought it to me. And there's a wonderful story in here about the church's experience in exactly this space. It's a church that's been around for a long time uh, in Germany. Uh, it, the original church was built in 1165. 
And they've had this wonderful long heritage of, of investing in their community. In 1989, the church was the site of significant prayer meetings. They'd been doing this for almost a decade, sparked by young people who had begun to uh, pray together. They wanted opportunity to discuss some of the social issues in their community. Now, you may remember that in 1989, the Berlin Wall was still in place. The division of that country between East and West was a hot topic. And for the decade preceding uh, October of 1989, young people were gathering and praying and discussing these issues. Now, all kinds of things happened in that year that escalated the concerns and the troubles of the, the entire nation and, and of that city. There were protests in the streets over issues of what's right and how do we care for people and how do we look after people. And the, the, the young people and then uh, lots of others gathering in the churches were praying for peace, praying for God's justice to come, praying for God's light to shine. And as they were praying, the, uh, they invited the community to come and have conversations with them about some of the issues. Well, this created a really interesting context of debate and lots of people gathering in the church and it gathered momentum. And as we get into the month of October, when these events occurred, big riots in the street and so on, the church was full to overflowing with people coming to pray, to listen to God's word and to debate these social issues. They had the police, the secret police, attending the church service all the time to make sure that things were being, you know, what, what are these people saying? And on a particular night in October, they had over 2,000 people in the church gathered to pray for their city because there was a protest scheduled for that day. There had been a protest just a few days before. The militia had unleashed terrible violence. Terrible, terrible things had happened to people, injustices of all manner. And now, a few days later, another protest was about to happen. The Christians had been pleading with their city for a peaceful demonstration and had gathered to pray. I want to read to you some of the words from an eyewitness, one of the pastors of that church, as that prayer meeting ended. He said, as we, more than 2,000 people, came out of the church, I'll never forget the sight. Tens of thousands were waiting outside in the, in the square. They all had candles in their hands. Now, if you carry a candle, you need two hands. You need one hand to hold the candle and one hand to prevent it from going out in a windy evening. He says, you, you, you can't hold a stone or a club in the other hand. And then a miracle happened. Jesus' spirit of nonviolence seized the masses and became a material, peaceful power. Troops industrial militia groups, and the police were drawn in. They became engaged in conversations, and they withdrew their power and their force. It was an evening in the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, for there were no victors or vanquished. No one triumphed over anyone else. No one lost face. There was just a tremendous feeling of relief. This nonviolent movement only lasted a few weeks, but it caused the party and the ideological dictatorship to collapse. Just a month later, you may recall, the Berlin Wall collapsed. People all around the world scratched their heads and said, how did that happen? But the Christians in Leipzig and other Christian groups around the world knew full well, well how that had happened. The light, the true light, that lights every person is coming into the world. How did that happen? 
Christmas came. Christmas came in the force of this, this light that can change the world. One of the members of the Central Committee of the GDR said before his death, as he reminisced on this event, he said, we planned for everything for that night, for riots, for disaster. He said, we planned for everything, but we didn't plan for candles and prayers. And that, that is the real power. That is how John wants us to see the wonder and the hope of Christmas. The light, the true light of God is coming into the world.